So today, as we've already thought, we're beginning this series which starts today running through this academic year. Churches often kind of work in academic years, so right through till next summer. Uh, And we'd urge you to really jump on board both here on Sundays uh, and also in your groups. And to kick off today, we're going to kind of introduce it a little bit. And over the next couple of weeks, sort of introducing why we're doing and what we're going to be doing. And then we'll begin to unpack it uh, week by week. Put your hands up, come on, let's be brave. Who remembers when this song was released? Come on, that's, that's, yeah, there's a few. Yeah, West Coast, absolutely. Yeah, Bob Dylan, 1964. Became one of the most famous political songs of all time. It's always up there, one or two, as the kind of anthem for activists. The times, they are a-changing. It was the height of the Vietnam War. JFK had just been assassinated, and the song summed up the kind of mood of America, but not just America, much of the Western world, about how society was radically changing. And for those that didn't want it to, you need to watch out because it is changing. Uh, And how to navigate, how to cope. And it led to the 1964 uh, Civil Rights Act about racial equality, all sorts of things came out of that era. And it speaks of a rapidly changing society. How do we cope? And we live in changing times today, don't we? And the lyrics ring true. Let me read some. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls for the times they are a-changing. With the uncertainty over Brexit and what the future looks like for the UK and Europe, with divisions over Trump and what that looks like for the world and how to navigate that, how to navigate the power base as China and India together have almost two-fifths of the world's population. With technological developments, did you know it's strange to think that iPhones were only invented 11 years ago and there are now more smartphones in the world than there are people on the planet? Did you know in India alone, there are more smartphone users in India than there are people in Europe? We live in changing times. The global balance is shifting. And alongside these changes, who we trust is massively changing. There's an organization that has done this trust survey in many countries around the world over the last couple of decades. And what has been noticeable in the last two or three years is how many, many people trust less and less people. So did you know? Less than a quarter of us in the UK trust either of the main political parties to deliver change. Less than a quarter of us. Less than a quarter of us in the UK trust the media to tell the truth. Less than a third of us trust businesses or even charities to do what they say they will do. Less than a third of us. The times they are a-changing. And how do we live in such times? How do we navigate this? Where do we turn? Perhaps we turn to the kind of well-loved cultural icons, the celebrities that we hold dear, that we kind of get warm and fuzzy about when we see them on our screens or read about them. But of course, with all the sexual abuse scandals over the last couple of years, and with more and more stories about celebrities who do so much for charity and yet hide their own finances offshore so they don't have to pay tax, 
we trust less and less the celebrities that we love. And so we end up creating celebrities just for being celebrities. So where do we turn in changing times? Well, maybe like generations of old, maybe, just maybe, we can trust the religious institutions. The ones that have seen to kind of bear the test of time. But of course, you don't have to look far. With the devastating abuse scandal within the Catholic Church. With stories of megachurch pastors doing all sorts of things. Trust, even in our religious institutions, is at rock bottom. Where do we go in changing times? Well, maybe we just trust ourselves. Little old you and me, we can only rely on ourselves, after all, in these changing times. But in an era where levels of emotional distress are at a record high, we all know that we've got stuff deep within that we can't trust ourselves. Where do we go? Our mission at Riverside is to help people get to know Jesus and grow as his followers in Birmingham and beyond. That's been our heartbeat for many, many years. It will always be our DNA to help people get to know Jesus and grow in their relationship with him. But that's not about building an institution It's about changing lives, getting to know the one who says he is the Prince of Peace, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. But so often we forget that we are in the bit about getting to know Jesus. We think about helping others beyond the walls to get to know Jesus, and so often we forget to know him ourselves. And biblically, the word knowledge is not just about head knowledge. So my wife, Claire, I can tell you some things about her. She's five foot six, she's got brown hair, she's really caring and kind. For those that don't know her, you know now a little bit about her. But you don't know her as I know her. Some people in here know her as a friend, would call her a friend. You've, you've laughed with her. You know what she likes. You know her more than the people who just know about her. But you still don't know her like I know her. And some of you would call her a close friend. You've wept together, you've prayed together. But you don't know her like I know her. And we all have people in our world where we know people at different levels. We know our colleagues, yeah, we know the person on the way to work that we say hi. We know the bus driver that we always see. But we don't know them like we know our family and those we're really close to. And biblically, getting to know Jesus is not about knowledge, it's about relationship, intimacy, understanding his heart, really relationally knowing him. And the truth is, we can so easily be focused on correcting and helping other people that we forget ourselves. As Tolstoy famously said, everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing themselves. When I was growing up, we used to sing a song, Lord, send revival, Start with me. That's what this year is about. If you're anything like me, we're tired of claims of revival if you just go to a certain conference or just pray in a certain way, just do this 10-step program, buy this book. We simply want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus faithfully, knowing his path 
in the midst of ups and downs of life, faithfully living for Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do this year. Now, I'd love it if on your way in you'd been given one of these booklets, I know, and you've also got one of these cards. If you grab one of these cards, on the back you'll see kind of how we're going to be doing this. Because throughout this year, we are going to be exploring some practices that Christians have used throughout history to get to know Jesus more. Some people call them spiritual disciplines. Some people know them as rules of life or practices. Simply, they're tried and tested ways that people have used, that God uses to change us. And you'll see on the back how we're gonna do it, a little chart that looks a bit like this. We're gonna begin over these next two or three weeks kind of kicking off, introducing why and how we're gonna be doing it. And then one by one, we're gonna look at different practices that we can incorporate in our lives. So for example, in two or three weeks time, we're gonna be looking at silence and solitude. And then we'll explore that for three weeks and then we'll move on to look at prayer. And as we go through, we'll be trying to learn about it, head knowledge, but also integrate it in our lives so that we live out through the week what this might look like. And in the process, as we get to know Jesus more, we'll see more and more change in our lives. And this isn't just for followers of Jesus. It may be that you're here and you're not sure whether you call yourself a follower of Jesus yet, or it may be that you've got people in your sphere who you know aren't, but are looking for something. If you look at this, on the bottom you'll see some questions, which if you like, kind of are the undergirding of some of those particular practices. Can I encourage you, last week here at Bourneville, not here, over at the Village Hall place, Dame Elizabeth Cadbury Hall, you know what it's called. Uh, we brought some friends with us last week, they happened to be staying with us for the weekend, they're not regular churchgoers. And as is often the way, you know, it's life, you come along and you're slightly nervous, how's it gonna be, what are they gonna think, and they're gonna think we're weird and all that sort of stuff. They were bowled over and found it deeply, deeply moving. To the point that they spent the rest of the day talking about the talk, in quite amusing ways as well. But also said, Tim, if this was in our area, we would come every week because of the welcome they received, the way they saw people who genuinely loved Jesus. The guy doing the talk, Martin, he's not in the room, just a normal bloke who loved Jesus. The way we cared for their kids in the groups. And friends, you have friends in your sphere who are asking big questions. And maybe this series, you can use that as an opportunity to say, come along. Next week, we're gonna be looking at silence and solitude. Think what that might look like in your life. Yeah, I know, life's mad, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if you had a bit of space? And God in his grace will do his business. And to accompany this then, we've got this handbook which we've looked at. And this is for you to take home. There is a copy on our website if you want a digital copy, if you use kind of tablets and things for use that, you can do that as well. But this is for use as an individual on your own, in groups, and week by week there's questions and things to explore that accompany the themes from that week. And then also ideas about how to put this into practice in your life. And we are doing this as a whole church. Bourneville, Mosley, Word of Hands. We've already heard kids are gonna be, the kids groups are gonna be following similar themes as well. All of us on one journey to get to know Jesus more. We're excited about it. Please do jump in 
and do all you can to be here on Sundays and to join your groups so that we can see life change. And the passage we've just read gives us some clues as to what that change looks like. Did you see it as we read it? Verse one of Romans chapter 12. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's change number one. The way we live our lives. Offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Now a sacrifice, all the people that would have listened to this in the first century, they would have thought of the sacrifice system as something that was made on their behalf. The high priests did or whatever it was. And of course they knew ultimately that Jesus had then made that sacrifice on their behalf. And so too we make sacrifices with the way we live our lives on the behalf of others. Living sacrifices. But it's hard It's a sacrifice. If you're anything like me, so often my life can be about me. And even as a follower of Jesus, so often what I do is about me. And may God through his word and by his spirit this year change us to live lives as living sacrifices on behalf of other people. It's amazing, and many of you will know that our son sees lots of different kind of serve accesses, lots of different services in our communities, physio, speech therapy, and all that sort of stuff. And it never ceases to amaze me of how many Christians we find in the caring professions. I wouldn't ask for a show of hands, but there's so many Christians in the caring professions simply wanting to live out their job as living sacrifices to help other people. May God this year change us so that our very bodies, the very things we do with our lives are as living sacrifices. Now for some of us, some of these subjects we're gonna be looking at will be easier than others. Just look again at this, this chart on this flyer. And as you cast through, I wonder which ones leap out at you and give you a sort of warm and fuzzy. So silence and solitude, prayer, service, simplicity, study, celebration, fasting, worship, fellowship, confession, Sabbath, submission. If you're anything like me, celebration, looking forward to that one, that's gonna be a cracker. I like parties, that should be lovely. Submission, hmm, maybe I'll book a holiday on that one. (laughs) And for me, simplicity. If you're anything like me, life is complex. We have so much stuff in our diaries, so much stuff in our houses. What does it look like to simplify? So many of you will know, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, there was a guy called Jacques who came along to Riverside for a little bit. Jacques was a young guy and he was exploring what it meant to be a Jesuit monk, priest. If you know anything about the Jesuits, they're a kind of order in which they basically have to give up everything. They're not even allowed to have their own bank accounts or anything, everything for what they sense God is calling them to. And he preferred our kind of worship environment than the Jesuit thing, but he was kind of exploring as to whether this was the way to go. And a number of times I had a really good conversation with him about that. And I was deeply moved by how simple the life that he felt he was being called to seemed to be because he was willing to sacrifice everything. 
For me, simplicity is a biggie. But what's you? What about you? What's the one that really navigates you? Not sure about that one. Not sure I even agree with it. Might I suggest that maybe, maybe, just maybe, God has something very special for you in that as you get to know him more and more. So changing the way we live our lives, that's what this series is about. But it's not just about the way we live our lives. Did you notice the verse? Look again, what else happens? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's not just our bodies, what we do with our lives, it's the way we think and what we think about. The truth is, we are all being discipled by someone. We are all being conformed by the society we live in, by the friends we have, by the environment we find ourselves, the houses we live in, and so on. And if following Jesus is just about a couple of hours on a Sunday morning and the occasional group throughout the month, chances are those three or four, five, six, whatever it is, hours, they're not gonna be conforming us as well as the society around us. And so integrating these patterns into our life in a daily way, that's when we see change and we'll see our minds changed. And I don't know if you're anything like me, I need my mind changed. That doesn't mean like I change my mind every now and again, but transformed, renewed, refreshed, so that the things I think about are good things and are not always about me, but are about other people and about what it looks like to follow Jesus and not thinking always to criticize, not thinking always what I can get out of things, but a renewed minds. That's what I need. I don't know if you've uh, seen the new Mamma Mia film. Uh, I've not, but I saw the previous one. Mamma Mia is not my bag, really, but I saw the previous one. Claire and I went to see it. And I remember coming away thinking, that was good fun, sing along, great, Abba, woo-hoo. And then a friend of mine who was a Christian said, yeah, but it's a pretty sad story, isn't it, really? Do you know what? I'd not even thought about it. And when you analyze it, you think, boy, there's some stuff in there. We need our minds renewed, don't we? Refreshed. So we think Jesus' way, not the way of our society. And so that we have minds that think correctly about ourselves. For some of us, we don't think very highly of ourselves. And through this year, we hope and pray that you will come to know that you are a child made in God's image, deeply loved by your heavenly Father. And it's not about what you look like, it's not about what you do, you are loved by the God of the universe, you are. For others of us, we have no difficulty thinking that. Why wouldn't God love me? <laughs> Some of us this year, God might have the gift for us of actually just taking us down a peg or two so that we think not quite so highly of ourselves and think more highly of others. Changing our minds about ourselves, changing our minds in the way we think of other people so that we're not always quick to criticize and to outdo and to compete, but rather we're like Jesus trying to build them up, trying to spur them on, which is why we're doing it all together on this journey so that we can walk brothers and sisters as friends, saying, how's it going? Yeah, let's keep going. Or social media about how you engage with that, how you present yourself and how you react. A renewed mind. So can I encourage you, be open this year to what God might have to say to you 
and what God might have to say through you as you share with those of us around. So how is this change gonna happen? Yes, by practical things. But did you notice the opening words of that first verse from Romans 1? Because if you're anything like me, I've tried to change and I don't have much success. Look at Paul's opening words here. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies the little In other words, it's that where we live. We stay there viewing God's mercy in view of all that he has done for us. So, live. That's why this is Romans chapter 12 and all the previous 11 chapters are all about what God has done for us in Jesus. Where we, whoever you are, whatever your background, stand before God as fallen, weak, frail people who are sinners and yet God in his amazing grace offers us this gift, his righteousness in Jesus. In light of that mercy, when we realize we are loved by the God of the universe, you are loved by him that there's forgiveness for all of that stuff, it's when we grasp that more and more and more. Yes, I want to change my life. Yes, I want my mind to change. I want to do all I can to know Jesus more. And so we live there, simply getting to know Jesus more. The more we spend time with him, the more we spend time reading the Bible. Can I encourage you, by the way, if you look at the back, If you flip, there's a reading plan if you want to read the New Testament over nine months. Wouldn't it be great if we all did that together? There's just one chapter a day or seven at the weekend if you've got time. Whatever is, ticks your box. This is a year of getting to know Jesus more because so often if you're like me, we think it's about what we do rather than what he has done. And this quote forms a bit of a bedrock for the whole series. It's not our job to be amazing for Jesus, it's our job to be amazed by him. And our prayer as leaders is that this year, all of us become more and more transfixed at the mercy that God has shown us in Jesus. And it's through that we see genuine life change that God's spirit changes our minds to be more like Christ. And so friends, if you are not yet a follower of Jesus, you know you've never said yes, can I encourage you even today, go for it so that this year we might see lasting change. For those of us for whom we once were passionate, white hot for Jesus, but if we're honest, we're kind of kicked back in the back seat, whatever, life's taken over. Maybe this year we can say, God, please change me. For all of us, however old or young, maybe this year we can get to know Jesus so that like John the Baptist, we can throughout this year say these words, he must become greater, I must become less. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm here for you. That's our prayer. So here's the question as we come to communion. Are you up for it? (laughs) It might be painful. You might not see fireworks. But by God's grace, as we humbly say, God, please help me get to know you more. Maybe we'll see that change in our lives, which then ultimately ripples out to change in our society.